0: Welcome, welcome back to the Progressive Patriots. Uh, It's just me. We're still uh, winding down from the holidays. So we're going to get this knocked out. Uh, It's been, I want to say it's been about like a week and a half since we last convened. So it is currently Friday, uh, January 5th. It is uh, 20 minutes before 2300. So who knows? Will the world have exploded by the time you hear this? It is a possibility. Um, all right, I want to start. First things first. I would. I don't know if this has happened anywhere else. Maybe it has. Maybe it hasn't. Uh, if if there's if this has been done already, so please let me know. Either way, I'm on board with it. I'm not calling the shit the South China Sea anymore because fuck that, it's not theirs. They don't get to fucking lay claim to the whole thing like they're trying to do. This, I'm rebranding it. It's an official move. Uh, It's the South Asian Sea. That's what I'm calling it now. (laughs) Um, I'll be uh, dialing up the UN after I'm done with this and letting them know what, uh, (laughs) what I have decreed. All right, so let's uh, talk about the South Asian Sea real quick. It should be wrapping up now, but on the 3rd, Philippines and the U.S. made, like, a big announcement that they're going to be conducting uh, joint patrols in that region. And um, naturally, the Chinese did not like this. So they did the same. Uh, They committed to patrolling the region in the exact same time frame. Um, Alright, so here's a statement from uh, I don't know what his rank is. I don't know if he has one but he's the uh, the chief of the armed forces of the Philippines. Um, they, they style it as AFP. They, that's When I was there, that's how they always put it. So he's uh, AFP chief uh, Romeo Bronner. He, this, uh, these are his words. Our alliance, our alliance is stronger than ever. Sending a message to the world, we are advancing a rules-based international order and a free and open South Asian sea in the face of regional challenges. Uh, the regional challenges are very fucking obvious. It's extremely obvious who they're talking about. Um, rules-based order, like pretty much the well, yeah, the only. Group of people who recognize the Chinese drawn uh, maritime borders is China. So there is, I, I think there. I don't know what the actual title of, like they like the the Chinese use like the such and such revolutionary this and that or like the uh, Chinese people's. fucking liberation guard and that type of dumb shit you know what i mean um but the they they have a southern theater command is what they're what it's uh, referred to as in the uh chinese navy or chinese military in general but uh the official statement was that military presence quote in the area will be on high alert at all times and will defend national sovereignty, security and maritime rights. Yeah, I think if there was anything kinetic going on, we would have heard about it by now. But nonetheless, like this is a continuing escalation of what is already a very tense situation. Um, I know that Vietnam, we, I think, I don't know, I think it was last episode we had a Tasha gave a little bit on Vietnam and China appearing to be building uh, connections and I think I had talked about it the episode before as well where it seems in the eyes of experts that it doesn't seem like they're building any ties really just because China is encroaching on Vietnam's maritime uh, territories Uh, and I know that we still have we have had and continue to have a good relationship with Vietnam, and uh, our assistance in maintaining their control of their parts of the South Asian Sea is a big part of that. And Philippines, no shit, uh, we've yeah, like a like a Chief Bronner said, we're China of course is calling philippines like this is a, a a proxy move uh they're a puppet state that type of thing which um i suppose there's there might be an element of truth to that i don't think that the philippines would be taking making these kinds of moves if they didn't know we had their back 100 percent, which we do so there is an element of truth to it but regardless it's even if that is the case. That does not change that the Chinese are trying to uh, encroach on their territory. They're trying to take their territory. Uh, so I, I know that the the U.S. we're like we're not in the we're not in the best position to be talking about you know sovereign lands and taking sovereign lands from people. But I don't know. Well, uh, I'm gonna look this one up and. I'll get back on the regular schedule, so I should know more about how this went down, because I didn't see any updates when I was checking earlier today. Uh, Japan. There was, on New Year's Day, fuck, what a terrible way to start to hear, a 7.6 earthquake hit. Good lord, that's not good. Uh... The there was a there's a specific city where the mayor, his name is uh Shigeru Shigeru Sakaguchi. Uh, he was his city was one of uh, his Shigeru city was one of the hardest hits, hardest hit areas, and uh, had mentioned that there is uh, hundreds, likely hundreds but it's in three the figure is in three digits of the number of people that are still trapped in the rubble and from what I understand the, the following uh, waves from the earthquake did get inland and so it's freezing balls right already plus some cold ass water and being pinned and stuck in the water it's not good like, to say the least you know but there is the intent. The U S is preparing an aid package to send to Japan. Uh, unfortunately because of Congress being the way it is right now, it's a relatively small number. Uh, but the figures right now that was as of, uh, this morning were about 100 dead. Uh, 33,000 people without a home, without anywhere to go, and, uh, still about 200 missing, and I don't think that that 200 number factors in the Wajima city, where, like, the mayor I just mentioned. I don't think that factors in those people. Uh, the ambassador to Japan, uh, his name is, uh, Ram Emanuel. The, his words... The U.S. is here to support our friend and ally in its earthquake response. Military, logistical support, food, and other supplies are being readied. Uh, for reference, there is about 54-ish thousand uh, American troops that are stationed in Japan. So, you know, there's a we are in a position to be able to help very quickly. Uh the aid package, though, right now is 100k, which I don't I don't know if that's a suitable response for to for someone that we refer to as our friend and ally. And like we legitimately are very close. Uh, but one thing that was notable, I think, is that uh, Japan is rejecting support from other Countries, uh, The one that I heard mentioned specifically was China. Uh, so there's a, uh, the chief cabinet minister, Yoshimasa Hayashi. His words, um, we are not accepting any personnel or material aid from other countries or regions at the moment, given the situation on the ground and the effort that would be required to receive them. So uh, I expect the infrastructure of the regions that were most affected has been damaged to the point where like getting stuff, you would just be sending shit and it's just going to sit as they wait to figure out how they're going to get it there. So I don't know. It's just my guess. The official statement from USFJ, the US forces in Japan, is that all of usfj remain ready to support our japanese allies during this difficult time we are unable to provide specifics on military support operations at this time but we will provide updates when we have more that we can share uh um, this type of shit is exactly what usfj does uh disaster relief humanitarian assistance it happens all the time most often uh in my experience, anyway, it was going to uh, Philippines after, like, a tsunami or something, uh, or an earthquake, some, some situation that uh, hits the country really hard. So we, I was, that's how I went, was on a HADR mission, so uh, I know the, the naval units there get deployed for for a HADR often. It's like one of their chief responsibilities. Um, also, like Taiwan also was offering support. I don't, I don't know if them rejecting Chinese and Taiwanese support is, a, is politically motivated. I don't expect that it is. Uh, I really do think that it's a case of the uh, infrastructure not being uh, properly assessed to know what, where things need to go, where things are most needed at the moment. Because it's only a few days ago. Right now, they're still looking for people that are trapped under the rubble. It's man, this is, a, this is a really unfortunate way to start the year. But I'll keep an eye on this, and I will let you know. Should be back. Should be back in a few days. So um one more thing in Asia this is as it pertains to North Korea South Korea relations the so at the end of the year as they do every year the <laughs> I don't know why they have it but the the, the North Korean It's like the People's Assembly uh, it's like the the Korean People's Party is, like, the only political party that they have. I'm not sure why they have them. But they have a meeting every year where they, you know, it's like a State of the Union kind of thing. Uh, state of the fiefdom. But, here, like, this is a big change here. Uh, typically, uh, I was stationed in Korea for a while, so I did take a good, in, great interest in how the dynamics between the two nations was and how it works, how it works. And so as I understand it, as I understood it, is that both countries claim the entire Korean peninsula as theirs. And the other half is like a renegade faction that is not the true authority of the Korean Peninsula. They, they have the same view of each other, but they still hold um, like reunification talks, or they have parts of their government are that are dedicated to reunification, uh, ministries, and it's a it's a branch of government for them, for both of them. But this change for North Korea here is they are, sort of it seems like they're, uh, they're they're acknowledging the Republic of Korea's sovereignty but they regard them as a hostile nation on their border so like it's a it's a pretty big shift from uh, like a a faction of rebels that we're trying to negotiate peace with versus like this is a a a fucking deadly enemy that we're parked right next to um kim jong-un the whatever the fuck of north korea he referred he specifically said that reconciliation is impossible um and so he and referred to this as a decisive policy change in relations to our enemy those were those were the words that uh I was I read that he said I don't know if anybody was actually in the in North Korea to take notes, but uh, that's what he was quoted as saying. So it's um it's a pretty spooky time. Um, right, so North Korea like uh, if you don't know at this point, it's the officially referred to as the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Uh, something that I've learned in my l- limited time being very internationally politically aware, geopolitically aware, uh, and my like world history classes. Like, if you combine all of that time, it's not a lot. But I've learned that the more words in your name or the more you have to say you are a thing, the less you are a thing. Like, the Democratic People's Republic like, come the fuck on you are not any of those the People's Republic of China like, come on <laughs> you're not kidding anybody uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo um, I, they might be the better of the two I'm not sure I, it's a fucking shit show either way In uh, in the Congo unfortunately but, right, so <clears throat> there is a Cor- the Korean Institute for National Unification. Uh, that's uh, based in Seoul. Uh, Hong Min is a senior researcher. Uh, her words here... If they give up on peaceful unification and redefine South Korea as a hostile enemy country with no diplomatic relations, the contradiction of using nuclear weapons against the the same people will be eliminated. A little bit of a rough translation by whoever put that one together. But it's um, the idea of not wanting to spark war, like I said, they viewed them like they viewed each other as like long, like wayward, uh, relatives. The, I don't know. You had a falling out and you know, you want to try to patch things up, but you guys keep butting heads every time. Like that's kind of how it was. And now with this, with this, this isn't, this isn't your long lost cousin anymore. This is, a, a, an enemy, military that you're bombing so very different uh it paints a very different picture of how they view how the north koreans view the south koreans uh unfortunately another situation to keep a fucking eye on because you gotta just keep eyes on everything everywhere because everything's burning to the ground All right, so a little bit of a shift here, but it still has a little bit of North Korea in it. The... So Russia has been acquiring arms, uh, munitions from the not-so-great people of the world, uh... Like they're they purchased from Iran, China, and now it's been determined that the Russians are using weapons that they purchased from North Korea and to attack Ukraine. So the problem here is that a few years ago when whenever they did their first nuclear tests i believe that was in 2006 somewhere in that time frame when they first anyway the un security council which in order for it to pass any resolutions must have a unanimous vote there cannot be a single vote of dissent there wasn't there was a passed resolution to for an arms embargo on North Korea. You cannot sell to them. You cannot buy from them. And Russia was a signatory to that. So it's... uh, Right. They're, you know, going back on their own. I I, like that matters to guys like Putin anyway. Uh, mm, There was a... Uh, one of the advisors to President Zelensky, his name is uh, Mikhailo Podoliak. I think that's... I, I'm getting better with these. Uh, but his his words, uh, the Russian Federation, for the first time, struck at the territory of Ukraine with missiles received from North Korea. He himself did not provide any evidence of that, uh, but we there is evidence of that, so... Their uh, national security spokesman, John Kirby from the U.S., he mentioned he didn't specify by words what they were, but he did show images, which uh, I'll get to in a second. But so he he just said that like these um, the missiles in question have a range of 550 miles or uh, 900 kilometers, something like that. And so he showed pictures, which confirmed by a sort of North Korean specialist from uh, the Netherlands, uh, Jost Olimans, something like that. But he analyzed, he looked at the pictures and different videos, different sources that show KN-23 and KN-25 short range ballistic missiles. I don't know. The dude apparently eats, breathes, sleeps North Korean military stuff. Uh, and something interesting was that in November, the uh, South Korean intelligence alerted allies, partners of armed shipments going from North Korea to Russia. Uh, I don't... I think, like, the... The, the supposed, uh, the the new axis of evil, I guess, to use old um, W's phrase there, or is it, it Russia? No shit. China? No shit. North Korea? No shit. Iran? No shit. Like these people, we are driving them into each other's arms. Uh, uh, I meant that like a hug, <laughs> but I guess it also works with armaments. It's, it's, I don't know, man. Like, this is fucking scary. It's what I keep saying about Israel-Palestine. The, like, these kinds of situations are not going to be solved with violence. Violence is only going to beget more violence. And it's, it's going to be a compounding issue until we all, until we blow each other the fuck up. And then, yeah, don't worry about climate change because now we got nuclear winter, so we don't have to worry about things getting too hot. <clears throat> it's a like it it's. I guess I think maybe it feels a bit more frightening because I'm so actively observant of these things. But regardless, that change in policy from North Korea, them people. Openly breaking, like, international uh, treaties and rules. Uh, <laughs> it, I don't know. It seems like... And then uh, China, the People's Republic of China, the Communist China, Chinese, are ramping up their military as they do every time Taiwan has an election, uh, which is uh, sometime next week. It's on the 13th. Uh, right. So what they do is they, they do like a big show of force along the maritime boundary between the two, which is really, it's like the halfway point, but yeah. So they do that. So there's like uh, Russia moving on Ukraine, uh, the Republic of China preparing to move on the Republic of China. Or at least appearing to do so. The North Koreans. Starting to. They're changing their outlook. On South Korea. Which could be an indication. That they're making. They're starting to. I don't know. Gear themselves up. Maybe mentally. Prime people. To accept. An incursion. Southward. Um, The Chinese. Are going to help. North Korea, like they always do. Uh, the Russians seem to be on board. Uh, Iran, man, there's a some wild shit. I'll just get to that right now. There, there is, there was an explosion, two explosions, on January third. So you might remember the name uh, Qasim Soleimani, is that the Iranian general? Or some shit or other that was killed in a missile strike by the Trump administration and they were having a memorial for him and at, so in the two explosions there was at least 100 killed uh, more wounded that may, may be dead as well at this point so, Oh man like everybody and their fucking mom in Iran was jumping out saying like we will fucking find you and we're going to get you. And uh, ISIS claimed it. Like, yeah, we did that, bitch. What are you going to do about it? And their people... It's ISIS operating out of Afghanistan. That was that was confirmed by U.S. intelligence. Um, it, it's... How... I don't know how you... How they're going to what is iran going to invade afghanistan like you have there is some cultural similarities there like the languages uh, farsi being per, like the persian language modern persian i guess and dari being like a dialect of farsi uh, i think a good analogy might be Sort of like a French and then a Quebecois, Quebec French. It's, yeah, uh, there's, yes, they're the same, sort of, but a lot of differences, enough differences to make it distinct. Right, before I got on that in a little tangent. So a lot of uh, Iranian officials are, they're, I don't know. Pounding the table. Beating the chest. They want retribution. Uh, So, scary times. Iran banging the war drum. Russia still is actively... uh, China's ramping up and... North Korea's getting ready too. It's not... Man. Um... Let's see. So, uh, keeping in that region, this one is specifically from Lebanon. The leader of Hezbollah, his name is Sayed Hassan Nasrallah. Uh, his words, or in his words, he said that Hez- Hezbollah must retaliate against Israel after Israel killed. Hamas leader Saleh al-Aruri on uh, the 2nd so earlier this week um, his, his um, line of thinking first I'll, I'll give you this uh, quote of his so his words they are calling on their government to go to war with Lebanon or to have a military solution for Lebanon I tell them this. This choice is a mistake for you and your government, and the first one who will pay for this mistaken choice is you. His rationale is that because the Israelis were able to kill someone in Lebanon, uh, I, I mean, they did it very precisely, so if they really wanted to fuck everything up, they could have. But his uh, Nasrallah's His... Line of thinking is that if they did that, they can do more. They will do more. And if we don't do something in return, they're going to think we're never going to do anything in return. So we have to, we have to attack back. But Hezbollah is well funded. They obviously have safe haven. Um, that it's, it's, that's not going to be pretty. What it's going to be ruthless. And in this instance uh, the who they're going to be ruthlessly attacking is also very well financed and very well equipped. they have experience and training and all the rest of it from Iran and others so um, I'm not saying that Hezbollah's like great or they're going to win or anything like that, but it's still gonna be, like, the people who are gonna pay the price is just the people who live, happen to live nearby, and have nothing to do with it. God. Damn it. Man, you guys need to fucking smoke a bowl and eat some Oreos or something. Chill the fuck out. God. (laughs) Uh. Alright. So I'm gonna, let me, I wanna try to, like, suss some things out here um just going back to the top with the south asian sea if something was going to happen it would have happened already we would have heard of it by now and we haven't so i don't know i feel it's a safe assumption that maybe they saw each other they flipped each other off and kept sailing i don't know Uh, the Korean thing like I I say this one all the time specifically as it pertains to North Korea if they were going to do something they would have already Um, this is just another one of those like rhetoric, rhetorical things that they do all the fucking time Um, can't not take it seriously but you know at the same time it's uh, like I'll i'll i when i when i see action then it's a little bit can uh start taking start making your own preparations but right now like they talk all the fucking time kim jong-un talks a lot so whatever as for the russians um uh what do you what do you what did you expect what could, what could anyone have reasonably expected um, it's not it's not that it's an acceptable thing to happen but they can their options are very limited and this is what happens when you d- take away any options that they have they're going to go to whoever is willing to sell to them uh, and yeah North Korea very cash starved as, uh, in a manner of speaking. As for Hezbollah, uh, I think that Iran would do better trying to uh, negotiate something with the government of Afghanistan. I think there might be a little bit more of more success there than it than they would trying to trying to take unilateral kinetic action not a good idea uh not 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 that uh afghanistan really offers a whole lot of resistance but similarly like these are wolves in sheep's clothing they're they hide among the population and man the afghans have suffered enough Um, Okay, one more thing that I want to talk about before I uh, go down to Africa. This one is from the UK, just a little bit. So recently, the flight logs for one Jeffrey Epstein, his flight logs were released as part of the case against Jelaine Maxwell. So Prince Andrew is heavily implicated in said flight logs, which that in itself is not news um, because that was always rumored to be the case. But what the problem is that the London Metropolitan Service, um, the fucking hot fuzz people, those, the Met is not going to look any further into the situation they're just kind of letting, letting them skate by and that, I don't know that, I don't think that's it gives the, the implication that we see a lot here in the US that people if you are connected enough you're above the law uh, so not a good look Mr. I don't have fucking sweat glands, so there's no way they could DNA test me. Uh, fucking ridiculous. Uh, he, I know he had at least one person come forward saying that he sexually assaulted her in, in um, somewhere that is within Epstein's purview. Like, his house, either in the U.S. or on his private island, his fucking pedophile rape island. But, yeah, Prince Andrew was apparently a very loyal client of his. Uh, As we know, fucking Bill Clinton is very much... (laughs) Very well-known associate of Jeffrey Epstein, and so is Donald Trump. Um... Like, it's, I, I see the shit now, I'm already seeing it. Well, that's what QAnon is about, isn't it? That's what QAnon is? Part of it is That Trump, uh, he's infiltrating these circles, because he's fucking 007, and he's, he's infiltrating Epstein's inner circle so that he could bring it down from within. No. No, 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 no. Uh, if I recall correctly which I do, that uh, good old Mr. Trump owned or owns the Miss Teen USA pageant. And yeah, so those young ladies were, you know, not of age. And he would routinely burst into their dressing room unannounced. (laughs) It it was, uh, I'm not sure it, Occam's Razor, you know, let's let's do it real quick. Is is it QAnon, that QAnon shit that I just said? And this applies to Prince Andrew just as well. It, it, is it, I don't have sweat glands, he was just, we were just friends, and uh, I was in the building, but I didn't know about any of the... Is it all of that bullshit? Or... Are you a fucking pedophile? Hmm. What's the easier explanation here? Because that tends to be the right one. So Clinton, I don't give a fuck if, if he's a Democrat. Prince Andrew, I don't give a fuck if he's royalty. Donald Trump, I don't give a fuck if he's the sitting president. He, they need to fucking pay for what they're doing. They are. They're not exempt from these things. And anyone who thinks so, like you need your head examined. Yeah. Alright, let's get some Africa news before we wrap up. So the the war the civil war in Sudan that I had been talking about for the last few weeks. So the the Rapid Support Forces, the RSF, which is one half of the of the conflict, they signed a peace accord with the for the deposed prime minister, his name is Abdallah Hamdok. Uh, he is the head of the Takadum civilian coalition, and so the head of RSF and the and uh, Mr. Hamdok, they, you know, patched, they made amends with each other. Uh, the RSF, uh, Mohammed Dagalo, Hamdan Dagalo, he made a sort of press release that he is immediately, he is open to an immediate, unconditional ceasefire. If, you know, in talks with the Sudanese uh, military, uh, his words, this is from uh, Dogolo, quote, if the army came with the same document, I would sign it immediately. End quote. So, you know, it's, um, apparently, I didn't know this about him. I always called him Dagalo, but he goes by the name Hemeti. They're referring to this, this, uh, little peace. I don't know, accord between the RSF and the Takadum coalition. They're calling it the Addis Ababa declaration. And in it, there is commitments to return to People who, like, the millions of people have lost their homes because of this. And they're, um, the RSF is committing to restitution of some kind uh, in coordination with Takadum and hopefully the Sudanese military. They mentioned creating safe passages and they want to include civilian leadership, like local civilian leaders in their peace talks and, and restitution talks I'm not sure like safe passage from what I don't know I didn't see anything about that the, there were at the time that I had read this which was a few days ago The there was still active uh, kinetic engagements between the Sudanese armed forces and the RSF uh, they were specifically, in Khartoum, the capital, they were exchanging barrages, and the Sudanese Air Force was fucking laying waste. It's a step in the right direction. A fucking step in the right direction. It's, I, it is unsettling to me that this entire situation came and went with very little coverage From the, uh, the, in the, like in the US media and other circles of information exchanges, like social media platforms, I mean specifically. Like, I have not seen anybody fucking talking about this. It's pretty upsetting. One thing that I did appreciate from good old uh, Hemeti there, uh, he said that while he never. Uh, authorized or condoned or was aware of any crimes against humanity that 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 his like troops very much did but i don't know taking it taking him at his word says he didn't know about it but if like if you bring in bring the information to him or you know like to the whatever he sets up to process this and he will he promises justice of some kind. Does that mean fair trial? Is he gonna chop their fucking dicks off? I don't know. Uh, I have. I. I hope it's like a trial situation, like a tribunal kind of thing. Um. Just these dudes were doing extremely heinous things. Like the last, uh, the one time that I ever opted to speak on it in detail here like i was uh i was nauseous uh, it was uh it ruined my day <laughs> it ruined the rest of it ruined my day the next day like i just couldn't stop thinking about how horrible the thi- like the things that i had seen they were doing it it mm, don't do just don't do that to yourself i i will uh I will bear that burden for you just know that it was fucking horrible so yeah Sudan it looks like it there's a we're taking a positive turn here um, let's go to Uganda um, I this one when I was reading about this I read about it on the third and I didn't check for a follow up yet but I will soon it was that that El, uh, LGBT activists, anyone who was openly either LGBT themselves or just an ally of any kind, were being attacked, specifically a young man named Stephen Kabuye. He was stabbed multiple times outside of his home uh, in Kampala, the capital there. Uh, The attack, the video of... Not the act, but him on the ground, fucking pooling blood. Just it's just gushing out of him, and that video was posted on Twitter. I'm not calling it the other name. I'm dead naming Twitter. <laughs> when uh, Musk stops dead naming his kid, I'll uh, I'll stop dead naming Twitter. Uh, the there was a law laws that were passed in uh, 20 end of 22 and throughout. Uh, 2023, that authorized the death penalty for, quote, certain same-sex acts. It's left intentionally vague. And because of that, it emboldened uh, fucking hate mongers to start killing people or attacking people. And knowing that no one's going to do anything to them. Who cares? It was just a, you know, F-slur person. Who cares? (laughs) Unbelievable. So I'll... From the pictures that I did see, um, it looked like uh, young Mr. Kabuye was in stable condition. Like he was um, responsive and he was smiling a little bit. Might have been morphined up, but... Either way, he's responsive. He's stable, so he's out of the woods for the most part. But he was lost a lot of blood, so hopefully he's okay. Uh, to put it into context for us here in the U.S., this type of thinking is exactly what MAGA people want. Like this is this is their aim. This is what they want. They want to have laws like these. They want that. They want to be able to just murder the opposition because fuck them. Man, oh man. That is what we are looking at. I will definitely be talking more about that on the uh, domestic edition. So let's keep it moving. The election in the Democratic Republic of the Congo... Um, it was neither Democratic, it was neither Republic, it was just Congo. <laughs> uh, um, so the president, the incumbent president, he was re-elected with 73.34% of the votes. Uh, <laughs> it, that is an interesting number. Um, candidates had the, the um, as of the third December 31st they had two days to submit a legal challenge um, to the 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 Congolese Constitutional Court which that like Supreme Court think that think it in that term after the challenge is submitted the Constitutional Court has seven days to issue a ruling on the challenge but there does not seem to be any challenges being submitted to the court for review. The leading opponents, uh, Moise Katumbi, Dennis Mukwege, and Martin Fayulu, those were the three leading opposition candidates, among like a dozen others. But those three specifically put, um, gave statements. Saying that they would not be submitting any challenges to the court because the court is made up of uh, Chissaketti loyalists or like his appointees, and regardless, even if they weren't, it's still they had they have no faith in state institutions, so there's no point in trying. the um, The head of Seni, the election commission. Uh, he denies, his name is uh, Dennis Kadima, that he denies any wrongdoing of any sort, but he's also a Chisakheti loyalist appointee. You know, all- a lot of the people that are in the position to m- keep Chisaketty in power owe their positions to him. So, what are they going to do? But they're going to rule in favor of their guy. All right, so that's the uh, results of the election that we had been talking about for a few weeks. Um, Last thing. This is a quick one from Nigeria. So the uh, (laughs) conservative Catholic priests in Nigeria are refusing to give the, the... Blessing the same-sex marriages, they're they're refusing to do it under like saying that it was an optional move. I will be talking about this on the domestic edition, the U.S. edition, but I think it's relevant here. Is there's an American cardinal, uh, Raymond Burke, who he had challenged Pope Francis on that his uh, decree of allowing. Blessings for um, LGBT unions. So he had been challenging Pope Francis on it, saying, wanting to sp- him to specify or not whether that was allowed. Like, he wanted clarification, explicit terms, and Pope Francis uh, bitch slapped them basically, which I'll outline later. But he uh, told him to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up, I am saying you're allowed... I am saying they are allowed to be blessed by a Catholic ordained person. So, uh, get with the fucking program. So, I'm not... I didn't see any news whether um, these Nigerian priests are going to have the same bitch slap, which I hope they do, but it doesn't seem like uh, Nigerian culture is as accepting as Pope Francis would hope it would be It's like fucking you try to take a step forward and then like somebody changes the fucking stones in your path it's ridiculous Um I think that's all I got All right, let me wrap up here. All right, if you would like, you can check out other shows that we do here. The Progressive Patriots uh, US Edition, it comes out on the same feed as this, so you can check that out here. Um, There are a lot of other shows that we do, and you can check that out on uh, luxmedia.net. It's spelled with a V because I'm very cool and I didn't think about how it would sound <laughs> that's when I say it um, so if you go to net, you can hit the progpats Pats the Progressive Patriots button I think it's a globe right now but you hit that button and there's two options in there the email button is straightforward you can email me if you want to if you if I said something wrong feel free to correct me and if you're if it's a legitimate, Something or other, then I'll uh, definitely correct myself on the record. Um, uh, if you just want to give me your thoughts, I'd love to hear it. The phone number, there's a text or call option. The number is 833 LuxPods. It's um, anonymous. If you don't tell me, I don't know who you are. So you can text or you can call. It goes straight to voicemail. So, there you go. Um, other internet things. Social media accounts. Um, uh, LVX LVXmedianet on everything. Just like the site is lvxmedia.net. Um, interacting with social media posts helps. The idea of that is that it... The hopeful, indirect consequence being that... The uh, podcasts are highlighted because the social media posts are amplified by interactions. Um, but what helps most is uh, rating, reviewing. If you could drop me a fiver, that would be great. If there's something I can do better, let me know. I would love to. I'd love. I would prefer that you text me first, or call me first, or email me, or whatever. And I'd be more than glad to make any adjustments. That would be more preferable. If you have time, hit me with a review. That would be very much appreciated. Can tell them how smart and funny and charming I am. (laughs) Uh, The so there's a group that I volunteer with. It's uh, it's common defense. It's it's for veterans. The type of people who would want to push. U.S. legislators or officials to do something about these situations—that's the type of people you're getting and in, getting into contact with. If you go to lvx.at/cdef, lux.at/cdef, uh, tell them I sent you. I think we'll we get T-shirts. I think we get T-shirts. Kind of a joke, but I also think that's what really happens. Uh, <laughs> all right so that's gonna do it for this world edition of progressive patriots um uh, yeah be excellent to each other see you next time